Hey Highland, welcome to the Highland Church Podcast. I am Matt Pinson, and we are here today with David Sessions. Hello. Hello. And we are also here today with one of Highland's newest shepherds, Dave Lynn Sullivan. Hey, hi there. <laughs> hi, Dave Lynn. <laughs> We're continuing today talking about our God stories, places and times where we've encountered a thin space or we've felt kind of the undeniable leading and prodding of God or the presence of God through someone else sometimes or a situation sometimes. We're just open to hearing these stories and we want to hear the stories. And today, David Lynn's going to tell us some or one or two or which. Seven or 12. Yeah. Thank you. Because um, there's something about our culture that makes this harder. Yeah. Uh, we have had a hard time finding people who are willing to share <laughs> Uh, these moments and we even describe them as like can you come tell us a story about when like maybe you've never even told anyone before but you're like okay I don't know how to explain this other than God yeah it was way easier to find people come speak about their deconstruction oh I believe that I believe <laughs> and that. so I just want to acknowledge that this is vulnerable for you to do and Thanks. uh that you're doing it anyway yeah and uh that's a gift and a, a graciousness to us so well, thank, thank you. you there was on Sunday morning we were singing in our life group, we were singing um, Goodness of God. Mm -hmm. And there's a line that says that um, with every breath that I am able, mm -hmm. I will sing of the goodness of God. And so that is, this is my act of obedience. Okay. I'm sitting here. I'm going to put my story where my mouth is. Okay. <laughs> I also think about what Randy told us when it's like, if you're not, how are you tuning your ears? Mm -hmm. And if you're in, and the more I think that we tell these kind of God stories and listen to people's That's stories, right. the more that we, see these opportunities yeah. as we go out in the world and see opportunities to be the hands and mm -hmm. feet and then recognize when that is happening to us. Mm -hmm. We make each other braver. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and I really do think it's a, a way of practicing gospel. Like the gospel isn't aspirational. It's almost past tense. God has done something. Right. Now I will tell about it. And uh, we kind of make evangelism like convincing people rather than reporting news. Mm -hmm. And so, like, being gospel-oriented people are people who report what God's done. Right. And so, again, thanks for doing that. Well, yeah. thanks for having me. Glad to be here. So what happened? I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, so, here's my story. <laughs> well, I, kind, I have two, okay. and one of them I was on the receiving end, and the other, well, no, I guess if I'm being truthful, both of them I was receiving the presence of God. Mm -hmm. um, one, though, was... Um, I, I've, one of my favorite things that I've been a part of since we joined Highland is the ladies Bible class that mm -hmm. meets on Tuesdays. <clears throat> and one of the things that's beautiful about it is the intergenerational mm -hmm. um, gathering of women who are there to study the word of God, but then also just to pray for and encourage each other. And I've been such, um, a privileged part of that gathering. I'm so blessed by the wisdom and the kindness from people in different seasons. Mm -hmm. Um, there was one um, day in particular where, well, oh, just a little side note, I also feel like it was in that ladies' class that I directly received the calling to foster care. Mm. Um, so it's kind of a hallowed space already. Like mm. I, I know the presence of God in that, that room and in that group of people. But uh, there was, we had done our Bible study and we were sharing prayer requests at the table. And Slade and I were in a particularly difficult season. We had... Um, just a few months before, transitioned uh, one of our foster sons 
home to his biological mom and his dad. And um, we were saying things like, this this is what it looks like when foster care works. Hmm. This is success. This is, um, we're in a relationship with them. They're coming with us to church several times. And um, this is good. They're doing it. They're mm-hmm. putting um, the most important things first. And they are taking care of what they need to take care of. And their family's been reunited. And it's beautiful and good. And we were so glad to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. And then... Pretty dramatically, the bottom fell out of that, and um, the baby was coming back into care, but um, because of the number of biological children at our home, and we had just received placement of another infant, we were closed to Mm -hmm. placement, so he couldn't come back into our home, um, which left us pretty distraught. Mm -hmm. We'd been with him for several months. We have a good relationship with his family. Um, He should be with us, Mm -hmm. you know, and just also wanting to stay involved in the situation and be active and <clears throat> continued healing and growth for their family. Um, so there are many conversations with our um, foster care agency about what do we do about this placement and do we move this placement and if we move this placement, are you willing to consider adoption yeah. of this baby and if things don't you know, continue toward reunification. So much up and down, just kind of also feeling turned inside out with disappointment mm-hmm. yeah. and if I'm honest, just kind of a lack of hope. Mm. Oh no, you know. So a sense of injustice? Yes, yeah. so much injustice. And also just the not knowing what is best that for our children at home, for this family unit, is it better if they engage with someone else in the foster care system and mm. we take a, a back step? So I'm, I'm not kidding when I say um, sleepless nights and just it was ever present in our mind. What do we do? Um, the decisions, the questions. And as I <clears throat> tearfully told my table mm-hmm. um, about this to ask them to pray for it, um, I told the whole story and with so many details, which they were very patient to listen mm. to and to just receive. Um, and then across the table from me, just kind of at my most kind of desperate moment as I put my head forward on the table and mm-hmm. wept, oh, which I feel like I'm about to do now, <laughs> um, Sylvia Polk. Um, early 90s, maybe mid-90s by that point, dear, dear sister and encourager, um, grandmother of one of my very best friends, and just a, a sweet voice of mm-hmm. encouragement and bravery. She just looked at me and reached across the table and patted my hand, and she said, Oh, honey, don't try to see too far ahead. Mm. And I just remember in that moment feeling like I had heard a voice from heaven. It was just so um, clear. I mm. know that conversation continued in the room, mm-hmm. that there was still no- noise going on, but it felt like everything got still. The most clear sign to me was that my spirit got mm. still. My eye got still. And it just felt, there were no answers. Mm-hmm. She didn't tell me, you guys mm-hmm. should do this, or have you thought about this? There right. were no solutions, just a reminder that I could rest you, mm. you don't have to see too far ahead. You, I was, you know, worried about my own kids. I was worried about what was right months from now. If I didn't do this, mm-hmm. what would happen here? And she just put a, like, pushed pause. Hang on. Mm-hmm. God is here. Yeah. He is moving. And you don't have to have it all figured out. She really, I don't think she said anything else after that. Because, yeah. I mean, the whole table just... The air kind of in the room yeah. just changed, and it was a right, mm. right. I am held and known and led 
by a God who cares about the now and forever. A God mm. who does not change has called us to a ministry and will has continued to make us able to minister wherever he's called us. Yeah. Just a sweetness, not an answer, mm-hmm. just a reminder that God was present. With like so few words. So few words. Yeah. <clears throat> and just a, yes, just a wisdom of from life and experience. Oh, honey, she said, mm. don't try to see too far ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Which is just, there's so much that's fascinating about it. First of all, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Uh, again, we want to honor the the vulnerability that the people are going to uh, bring here. But, um, you know, one of the reasons we're interested in these stories, not just like we've talked about it, kind of like re-gospels us, retrains us, but um, we almost have a knee-jerk reaction to be like, well, prove it. And how did you know? Right. And, and I think one really good sign actually of, uh, it being a, uh, something of the substance mm-hmm, of the divine mm-hmm. is that you can't explain right. what happened in the right. moment. Are you, we're going to reach for language. Right. And so, um, I think what I want to ask in this moment is like, well, not, not how did you know, but like, I think I want to know how did it feel in that moment? Mm-hmm. Um, I, there were there up to that point, my brain and my body had just it was um, had been constant. Mm-hmm. Even when I was still, I was thinking and wondering and um, through scenarios and uh, what if we, what if, what if, what if, you know. Even when you're still, you couldn't be still. I was not still. Yeah, yeah my spirit was not at rest. And in that moment, there was just almost like everything else had stopped mm-hmm. around me. And I, it was on my brain. I thought, of course, mm. yes. Like yes. an exhale. Yes, yes, like a deep exhale, and then uh, um, truly at rest. Just being able to put my head down, they um, were able to put their hands on me and just pray for wisdom and yeah. for peace in the moment. But just a, um, it felt like rest. It felt like um, um, being held. You know, my, it, the the circumstances hadn't changed. Nothing mm-hmm. had changed. She didn't even have things to tell me except be still mm-hmm. so are you are would you would you describe that as a moment of restoration oh absolutely yeah. absolutely well, I mean, yes. say more about that why yes just a um so all of my life i've been a little bit of a striver kind of a um, i'll get it done uh-huh. um um if it needs to be done i'm gonna do it because then i'm pretty sure it's getting done well and so part of our journey in foster care has been well part of my journey specifically um to a deeper faith is um those places where i can do nothing Mm. and i have to sit and trust and uh, rest in that fact that god is working Mm -hmm. and that he doesn't actually need me to have it figured out or to fix it all Mm -hmm. but he's he is doing the work and it was a restoration to that, a Davis step out of yourself and into trusting God. Yeah, and it sounds like what you're describing is a moment of Sabbath. Mm. Yeah, rest. If, if I can stop working, I will trust that God will keep working. Yes, and he does. And he does, He yeah. always does, yes. I don't have to see if it's if it's Friday night and God's going to provide enough manna right. for Friday oh, and Saturday. Oh, I don't like that story. I can... I can I can only I can gather double on Friday and let God take care of me on Saturday. Right. Yeah. Right. We've talked before about uh, where was it with Mike, where we talked about um, kind of the American 
push towards individualism yeah. and everything is about my personal relationship with Christ and how valuable our communal relationship yes. with Christ is. Mm. And that story makes me think of, uh, of come to me and I will give you rest. Yeah. And oh. just the, the effort or the intentionality of coming together yes. in a community. Yes. And, and truly there was finding that rest. No place else. I would, I did not want yeah. to be there. I'm sorry, Matt. I didn't mean to no, no, you're but good. that. Just that. Absolutely. That made me remember the kind of the fight to get there. I did not want to be mm-hmm. at ladies class that yeah. day. <laughs> I did not want to get myself ready. You know, we have another infant in tow. I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do with this baby. <laughs> and yeah, it's just the allowing us, the allowing relationship to happen so that we can hear from God. I yeah. heard somebody say one time that a just me and Jesus view of the world is um, it's just only part of the picture. When we think it's just me and Jesus, we're missing out on all of the other things and other ways he wants to reach yeah. us. And it really allows you to form Jesus into the person you want him to oh, be. Right. <laughs> well, I was going to... the same people you yeah. do. Right. And I was just going to add that one thing I think that's really sweet about that story, and again, we're not here to prove its authenticity, right, but like right. one thing that I think is really sweet about it and adding to its credibility is it, that's a story in which God made you die oh, yes. and you were grateful. Oh, yes, <laughs> yes. You, you kind of had your ego stripped away from you yes. and that that was a blessing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And from such a loving place, I mean, I could look at her and um, not even knowing all of the details of her life, but knowing yeah. that 95 years mm. of life had taught her and then there she was gently, very patiently. There was no scolding, no, you know, you should know better by now. Nothing from her, just a, all right. Yeah, because if you just wrote those words down, right, yes. you could just be like, it was almost like she was telling you to calm down. Right. Which right. would not have been helpful. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that would not have gone well. Not have been the voice not of God. Not the story I would have been telling. Yeah, uh, but, but I think what you're saying is that God was in her voice and yes. God was in her intentions. And, yes. Uh, and the wisdom and the the kind of wisdom that comes from a life lived in God. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. All that's working together for that moment. It was beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's the story. Yeah. Where, yeah. The, the other story. <clears throat> and I feel like these are a little bit harder to talk about. It's maybe a little bit easier to talk about receiving the mm-hmm. presence of God. But this was, if I'm honest, mm-hmm. this was another one of those. It was um, actually the very, the very first foster placement we had it was a little boy who came to us at four months old and he had, um, a broken arm, a radial fracture of his arm, and several broken ribs, and we realized he was coming out of a very um, mm. scary and mm. <clears throat> harmful situation. And so we spent the first week of his life, um, doctor's appointments and um, caseworkers calling and talking to us about, but no details. We don't know what's happened to him. We don't know anything about his family. We know that he's got a mom and a dad who are both caregivers, but we don't know anything beyond that. Um, and I, um, for that whole week, um, every time I laid down, every time I closed my eyes, I imagined his mom, of course, this is, we're brand new to foster care. Mm. I can't even imagine what it is. I'm a mother myself, but I, um, could not imagine fathom what it was like for my child to be moved from my home and placed with someone I did not know. So I was very, very aware Mm. of her in my head and just this sense of, can someone let her know he's all right? Mm. Can someone let her know I'm not a scary person? I'm not a, you know, mm. I'm, mm. um, and so then when we got the call that, um, he would have a visit, a parental visit, 
and that that was going to be scheduled and that we could just drive around to the back of the building and a caseworker would come and um, pick up the baby and take him to his visit. And mm. I don't, do not know why I said the words I said, but I can point to it as a place where God changed my life. Mm. But I said, um, wait, can I take him to his visit? Can I meet his mom? Mm-hmm. I just had this deep sense that I needed to put my eyes on her and I needed to let her see me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that if there was going to be any re- restoration to this, mm-hmm. it had to be, I had to be, a, I had to be ready to step into the mess. Mm-hmm. So I could keep myself removed, just care for the baby, pass mm-hmm. him off in kind of a sterile way and just be removed from the situation. But I had this deep sense that I, it was time to move. Mm-hmm. And so they, didn't quite know what to do with that and I just said if if she's willing to meet me I'd really like to know her and uh they do whatever they have to do Mm -hmm. behind the scenes and get approval from wherever they need to get approval and we I remember driving um to the visit and praying the whole way there oh Jesus what have I done Mm -hmm. oh God you are going to have to be Mm -hmm. mighty because also there's the reality that someone has harmed this child that I've cared for, mm-hmm. and um, something bad has happened. There is a brokenness here mm-hmm. that is messy, and it's easy to judge. Um, and I walked into the waiting room, and I'm facing the window, and I'm signing him in. And from behind me, I heard a voice say, um, is that my baby? Mm. And I remember thinking, oh, Jesus, 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 Jesus. That was all I could think. Oh, God, Mm. please. And I turned around, and there was a 19-year-old girl. And the next words in my mind were, she's just a mom. Yeah. Just like I'm a mom. She's a 19-year-old girl who, and but for the grace of God, if Mm. my circumstances were any different, you know, she's just not that different than me. And um, I showed her the baby. I introduced myself. um, And... It was the beginning of maybe our actually our most hopeful of our foster care stories. Um, she did everything she needed to do in that moment. Mm-hmm. She had what I learned in that moment was that foster care and what God was calling us to was way bigger than just caring for babies in our home. Mm-hmm. But it was going to be about like, or will you step into this place where I'm working at restoration? Will you be a messenger of hope? When yeah. the system all around yeah. her is cynical and yeah. doubtful and kind of stacked against her, will you be one who is willing to speak peace yeah. and hope into a situation that feels very hopeless? And six months later, we were driving him to her home where she'd, she was employed and she'd gotten a place to live wow. and she'd worked all of her services. And um, it was a... It could have gone one of two ways. Yeah. I could have stayed removed and sterile, but God yeah. just kind of picked me up and stuck me right there in the middle of that story yeah. and said, what are you going to do? Yeah. What, how are you going to interact with this um, person who's not that different than you? She's yeah. found herself in, in some dramatically different circumstances. but um, So just one of those moments where God felt bigger than me in that moment. There was no wisdom of my own right. stepping into that. I had no idea what I was Maybe doing. Maybe even doubting yourself a little bit. Like, Absolutely. Was following this prompting actually wise? Uh, <laughs> what have I yeah. just done? Yes. Well, one th- I mean, again, thank you. Yes. Uh, one thing that I'm really loving about that story is it's so easy 
to just look at the data and the stories that we have. And we often fashion the data to benefit us most and to keep other people distant. And um, we don't know how that baby got hurt, but you could have just kept that data and just kept her as that. Mm -hmm. The worst thing that has happened to her, the worst thing that she's been a part of. Um, But human beings are more complicated than that. Oh, my goodness. And... And the God that lives within even the, the worst things that we do yes. is more complicated than that. And, um, you know, again, I, I love the way you tell the story because somehow actually you're also still not the hero of the story. Oh, no. uh, but um, God prompting you to be open and to, mm-hmm. to not just live by the story where you're the hero and she's the villain actually might have, like, been an impetus for her to... Yeah believe that she yeah. could change, believe that she could do something new. and Yeah. yeah. I've got to think that without the work of the Spirit, the the uh, being in, in a foster care system, <laughs> empathy can turn to anger oh, pretty yeah. quickly. Yeah. And cynicism. And cynicism. Yeah. Here we yeah. are again. Yeah. And that's when you know, I think about the, the path, one path being narrow and one path mm. being wide that it's very easy because the evidence is there Yes. that this is all terrible. Yes. Yeah. And it's, and I think part of there being on no the narrow hope. path is, is having hope in the midst of the mess mm-hmm. and mm. that only yeah. the spirit can do that. Absolutely. I was thankful to turn around and watch her become human before yeah. my eyes, mm. just an awareness that um, none of us deserves to be judged on our worst day. Uh, judged by our worst day yeah. and um she just yeah she changed my life she absolutely changed yeah. my life and and i uh f- just a fun little tidbit there is that we've um stayed in contact but pretty distantly mm-hmm. and uh, recently slade had an encounter in waterburger like you mm. do when you live in west <laughs> texas yeah. and um kept seeing this little boy that he um, recognized but he couldn't figure out why and, yeah and um he finally said to his mom um do I know you guys? And she yeah. pointed to him and she said, that's Jacob. And oh, it was just this sweet moment. Yeah. She knew Slade for who he was. Mm. Just hope, 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 yeah. hope in the midst of a dark and broken world. And But thanking God, so thankful for this, the opportunity to be picked up and put in a situation that would allow us to see our community yeah. differently. Yeah. That's got a lot of gospel principles to it. I mean, one, you know, it's, it's hard to hard to judge somebody close up. Absolutely. It's hard to uh, hate somebody when you know their whole story. Yes. Uh, but also this idea that like, uh, I'm not going to get the right words here, but grace is not just for the person who receives it. Mm. Oh. Uh, grace doesn't just change the person mm-hmm. who receives it. Grace yes. often requires the most of the person giving it. Yeah. And uh, grace actually strips everyone of their ego mm-hmm. yes oh <laughs> especially when we allow ourselves to remember that we have received so much grace yeah. right right yeah. one of the things i love about um i know this is we're this is not about you you don't want to make Mm-mm. it about you <laughs> but one of the things i love about your willingness to engage in the foster system is it's so easy to insulate ourselves from yeah. the brokenness of the world mm. um to to be in mm. our happy homes right. and with our happy people. Pretend like it all looks like that. Pretend that it's all happy <laughs> yeah. all the time. 
and uh, and then come to church and everybody smiles and hugs right. and and ignore just how heartbroken and yeah, broken in all the ways the the city and the world around us mm-hmm. is. And so to engage in that yeah. and to engage in that allowing the spirit to work on your heart and mm-hmm. stay hopeful is yeah. a beautiful, beautiful gospel story. Praise mm-hmm. God. Yes. Thank you. Good stuff. What do you think you learned from these? Um, I am certain that God is moving and active. Mm. I am so grateful for the reminder that it happens even when we can't see it. I'm, mm. I'm, I will hang my hat on those stories mm-hmm. all day, every day, and yeah. so many more like them that remind me that they're just those. Um, I think it was Nathan last week, who, last time who was talking about touch points, mm-hmm. right? Those those things I can point to and know mm-hmm. that I've seen God working, but then also just the um, the truth that lives in my spirit because of those stories and yeah. so many like them that I don't. I I'll see it sometimes, and other times I just have to trust and know that it is happening. Yeah. Yeah, that reminds me of um, Jacob's encounter with God, and he's, I'm going to build an altar here because mm-hmm. I'm going to remember this spot. I'm remember yeah, this, yeah, yes. it's kind of that that boundary mark rem- reminder. Yeah. Uh, we don't we don't want to forget this. Now people get tattoos. I, I know. I haven't done that yet. <laughs> okay. I'm, well, no I, judgment. I'm and I was going to ask. Decisive. <laughs> I, I, what would I say? Tattoos are so permanent. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Altars, you can knock them down if oh, you change knock your down. mind. Oh, rebuild it. <laughs> if you if you didn't build it very I well, I guess. Yeah. If you didn't build it. <laughs> uh, what do you think uh, churches like Highland have to learn? I kind of I kind of want you to reflect on your experience of telling us here okay. right now. Like, what do you think we now that you've told your story and been vulnerable yeah. and and talked about maybe this God story that's hard to even explain? Uh, what does the church have to learn or have to gain from? kind of repeating the stories. Why? Mm. This is also like the advertisement for those people that won't come out of the woodwork and oh, come tell the stories. Come so. tell your story. <laughs> uh, I, Not my, really. No, well, no, but really, what is like, what's, what's been good about this? Okay, well, it was really hard to decide on a story. Mm. So one of the things that was good was to know about this weeks ago mm. and to have to kind of sit and sure. sift through. And so many times I thought, I don't want to have any good stories. Mm. I don't have any stories that are going to mean, because we start to wonder, that just happened in my own head. Yeah. That just happened in my own heart. And so we kind of start to doubt the universality Mm -hmm. of these encounters with God. Um, So, but I think there's so much value in, um, so in learning, because our circumstances are so different, and it could be like we all just show up on Sunday morning and think that everybody's, you know, just... That might be the only glimpse that we get of each other, but that's a tiny part of our week and a tiny part yeah. of our life, right? Yeah. Um, this is a way we can know each other, like you said, yeah. know Highland better and know God better. It doesn't just happen. It doesn't happen in a vacuum. Yeah. What I'm going to know about God doesn't just happen because of what I read in Scripture or because of what happens to me, but the church, at, we've got to take care of each other and mm. take care of our stories and um, kind of teach each other. Oh, I love that. that. This is a act of care for others. Yes. I love that concept. Yeah. Thanks for that. Yeah. I is I've kind of been thinking about like what if what if the gospel writers, what if the people who reported to Luke, because Luke wasn't there, right? Right. What if what if the 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 mystery man on the road to Emmaus with Jesus oh. never told that story? Right. Because it's hard to explain, right. right? Like I didn't I didn't know it was him at the time. And then all of a sudden we sat down and we ate bread and it was Jesus. And I don't uh, even know how to explain to you. I knew yeah. it was Jesus, but it was Jesus. Yeah. Uh, what a, what a gift to us for that, 
that mystery man to share that story. Right. Everything we know about God, um, we, we learned because somebody told somebody a story, told us, right? Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. That's a great thought. Yeah. I love it. Well, thank you. Yeah. You know, we, I how do we end? And I survived. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> um, we don't know how to end. <laughs> yeah, I, already, I already did my, uh, like, you're so great. That's how I usually try to land the plane. <laughs> no, please don't. Thank Let's not do that. that. No, no. Well, the, um, what about just a challenge to each other that we, so to train our eyes and our ears, like you said, but then also our lips to sing his praise, right? Just a a reminder that God's people are not just um, receiving, but we are we are tellers of the good news. It is our job to tune our ears and our eyes, but also our lips to sing God's praise. I love it. Just do that. That's the end. <laughs> she just ended it. She landed the plane. Davalyn, thank you for yeah. being yeah. such a Thanks good pilot. Thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We should just, can you like just record her doing an ending to all the podcasts? <laughs> I like it. Yeah. No, no. No, no. <laughs> You're wonderful, Davalyn. Thanks. Yes. It, was We're blessed such a, it was such a gift to be here. We're thank blessed yes. to have you as a leader at our church. Thank you. And uh, Thanks for serving Highland. Yeah. Thank you. Yes, it's a pleasure. God be praised.